the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If the evidence is overwhelming, uh, why do they need more evidence? Yeah, the last I looked, it's uh, still going on. It, it is. I'm looking up at the monitor now. The Democrats are torturing everybody, saying the same things over and over again. Now, of course, if you work for um, CNN or MSNBC, uh, you call this great oratory, and you're dazzled by it and all the other adjectives that all those idiots used to talk about uh, speeches they've heard. But if, as uh, Adam Schiff for Brains claimed a couple of years ago that he has concrete evidence of Donald Trump colluding with the Russians, and if the circus at the House of Representatives a few weeks ago produced overwhelming evidence, why are they still begging the Senate and torturing the country by begging the Senate for more evidence and more witnesses? That's all you're going to hear about uh, impeachment here today. That's, uh, I'm doing that favor for you. It's just too stupid. But speaking of stupid, it is Friday, and you know what that means. And now it's time for the Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. And I would like to thank our winner for this week uh, for being so stupid that she prevented anybody involved with the trial in the Senate from winning, so we didn't have to hear from them. Although Adam Schiff for brains got some consideration now this week's uh, winner is one of the dumbest most clueless people ever to be elected to any office in the history of the united states that would be alexandria overrated cortez a repeat winner by the way and listen to how impressed the audience is and how impressed the interviewer is because you can tell because he's moaning through the whole thing but here's your windows are us jerk of the week why specifically does, you know, I'm, I'm Joe Billionaire. I made widgets. I sold those widgets. I made mm-hmm. billions of dollars, you know, mm-hmm. selling those widgets, making those widgets. Therefore, those billions of dollars are right. mine. Why am I the enemy of health Well, you didn't make those widgets, did you? Mm. Because you employed mm. thousands of people and paid mm. them less than a living wage mm. to make those widgets for you. Mm-hmm. You didn't make those widgets. Mm. You sat on a couch while thousands of people were paid modern-day slave wages, and in some cases, real slave, real modern-day slavery, uh, depending on where you are in, our, in, in terms of food production. Um, you made that money off, off the backs of undocumented people. You made that money off of the backs of um, black and brown people being paid off a living wage, under a living wage. You, you made that money off of the backs of single mothers. And all of these people who are literally dying because they can't afford to live. And so no one ever makes a billion dollars. You take a billion dollars. Was that the interviewer nauseating enough for you? Well, that the hmm, 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 oh, hmm, hmm. And uh, that is our... uh, Windows are us, jerk of the week. The jerk of the week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com. Well, speaking of stupid, um, when we come back, we're going to talk to a guy with a story about stupid liberal correctness over in the U.K. that is responsible for thousands of teenage girls being raped. Nothing funny about it, obviously. You need to stick around for this. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have five to 100 employees, listen up. 
The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm John Steigerwald. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in the network. Isn't it time for a change? Well, stop the insanity and call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30%. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. 724-884-1496. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention Stag for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. You might wonder why Australians always seem so relaxed. Well, it comes down to sleep, and we can sleep like a koala full of gum leaves. So we've invented a solution to your sleep problems. It's called Pronto Sleep. Pronto Sleep is a two-in-one solution that helps you fall asleep and stay asleep. Pronto gently opens your nose to focus breathing so you can relax and fall into the land of Nod. And the built-in scent diffuser delivers a blend of four pure essential oils all night long for a butte sleep naturally. Then Pronto replenishes the oils ready for the next night. Clever, eh? And does it work? Well, in trials, 84% of people with trouble sleeping found Pronto helped them fall asleep. 74% found it helped them stay asleep. You'll find Pronto now at select Walgreens, Amazon or at prontosleep.com. Pronto Sleep is the gift of sleep from Australia. From RhinoMed, bringing you advanced nasal therapies. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com slash HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash HR. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. We talk about and laugh about political correctness on this show all the time, but there's nothing funny about what's happening in the U.K., uh, Specifically in the city of Manchester in the UK, where a, a fear of, of offending immigrants has allowed maybe thousands of young girls to be raped. They're called sex grooming gangs. David Greenfield, an investigative reporter at FrontPage.com, did the story. He joins us now. David, thanks for being here. Uh, my pleasure. It's definitely a very dark and a very ugly story. Unfortunately, it is going on all across the United Kingdom these days. Unbelievable. So um, for people, I mean, I, you hear this term all the time. Uh, it's not so obviously, fortunately, it's not something that we hear about over here uh, in the United States, at least yet. Uh, but what is a sex grooming gang? So it's likely that we do have them in the United States. They're just not in the headlines. Uh, these are basically groups of adult men uh, who prey on girls. We're talking about girls as young as 11, um, 
going up. These girls are usually from troubled homes. Uh, sometimes in this case, these girls were in what they call in the UK care homes, which basically means something like orphanages. Um, they target them specifically, um, they entrap them, they manipulate them, they give them drugs usually, um, and then they start sexually abusing them and then um, inviting other members of this gang to um, abuse them. Uh, the sex grooming gangs have been a big issue in the UK. Uh, this one is in Manchester, uh, but they've been in a number of major cities. Um, the perpetrators are almost always Pakistani Muslim men. Uh, some of them organize around some professions like taxi drivers or um, running really fast food stores. Um, they uh, use that as their base of operations. Uh, they go after these girls. Um, they draw them in. They befriend them. They pretend to be their boyfriends for a while. Uh, they give them drugs uh, to the point where they're really not able to make any kind of decisions, and they repeatedly abuse them and pass them around. Wow. Uh, and so uh, what was Operation Augusta? So after the uh, high-profile case in which a girl who had been abused in this way was actually died, um, the police went to Operation Augusta to follow up on this and actually track down some of these networks. Now, Operation Augusta was successful on paper, but in practice it was shut down because it was politically incorrect. Because, again, most of the perpetrators that they were coming up with were Pakistani Muslim men. And they, um, in this, the latest report that was actually commissioned, you actually have an anonymous uh, British constable coming out and saying, we were told to get other ethnicities because it's just politically incorrect. Yeah, so, I mean, let's... Uh, I read the story, so I know what you're talking about here, but to, to, for people who haven't read your piece at uh, um, front mag, frontpagemag.com, um, it's, it's be a little bit more uh, specific about that. I mean, um, it's just the fact that they knew this was going on and they knew that it's Pakistani uh, Muslim men who come from a culture, apparently, that believes that rape is okay, that there's no such thing as getting a woman's consent. But instead of, like, rounding up as many of them as they could and deporting them, they are protecting them by referring to them as being of Asian heritage. They won't even say Pakistani or Muslim, correct? Yeah, that's what you get routinely in the U.K. They refer to um, perpetrators who are Muslim as Asian. Um, in the U.K., everybody who is from anywhere in the Orient is Asian. But the, this is invariably uh, referring to Muslims. So when they say Asians, they mean Pakistani Muslims. Uh, those would be really been pretty universal with the people who are involved in this. Um, and this uh, we think there might have been hundreds of girls who were abused. But again, there is absolutely no way to know. Um, and other Elsewhere, like Rotherham, there have been thousands of girls abused. And these gangs are very organized. They're very prepared. For example, the report notes that they're actually waiting outside these care homes, which are like government orphanages in the U.K. Uh, they were waiting for the new girls to arrive, and then they immediately take stock of them. Um, and then they start actually targeting them and preying on them. So it is very much organized. It's probably organized over the Internet. Uh, the victims in this case were between 12 and 16 years old. Um, they weren't just abused, they were actually prostituted out, so the guys doing this are actually making money doing this. And that actually raises other questions about why this was covered up exactly. Uh, and, and you talk about the fact that it's covered up. Uh, how, are they, how are they covering it up? I mean, how are, how are the people in Manchester or all over the UK, uh, how are they not outraged by this and demanding that whoever's allowing it to go on is drummed out of office? So for a while, this was just not reported, and the police would just ignore it. In some cases, they would just say, um, we're not actually investigating this, we're not taking this case. Then it actually got into the media, people were very outraged, and so the police and the political authorities had to make a show of actually investigating it. And this was Operation Augusta, where they made a show, and then, of course, uh, it was all shut down. There was an, an, a meeting that was actually held with the city council in Manchester. Manchester has a lot of... Uh, Muslims in city government. Uh, they held a meeting, and the notes from that meeting have been lost. Uh, but the upshot of the meeting was we're not going to investigate this any further. They withdrew all the resources, which meant the operation was shut down. And again, we've seen this happening in uh, other British cities with other British investigations, where they would just um, make a show of investigating it, and they would shut down the investigation. And then once again now, it's coming out all over again, because now there's an independent review of this, and what they found is absolutely outrageous. So now that they found it, though, what's going to happen? Has, have they, has it been, has the um, cover-up been uncovered a little bit? So the problem is the investigation didn't actually leave behind any real names. We know that some of these people actually went on to commit 
other acts that they did go to jail for, uh, but most of their names remain actually anonymous and off the record. Much, much of what was going on happened over 15 years ago, uh, which means there's, there's not gonna, they're not going to revisit anything. But every time a report like this happens, every time there is an investigation, you hope that next time when actually girls and their parents come forward to the police with this, there is this going to be taken seriously. And now that there is actually more documentation of this, uh, people have, have more resources of what to do about it. Because originally, uh, when this was happening to the girls and their parents and to social workers, they had absolutely no resources. You couldn't even talk about this. Now, finally, people are able to even talk about this. Now, if this, uh, if this were, if, if these rapes were being, um, the, the people guilty of doing the raping were native uh, natives of the UK, British citizens, nor uh, just regular uh, white British citizens, would that cover up have happened? Would there be this reluctance to talk about it? Absolutely not. Uh, when there's uh, child abuse, for example, involving religious groups, um, you know they've made a lot of hay over child abuse in the Catholic Church. That is on the front page of every newspaper. In this case, they were specifically burying it, and we do know they were burying it because they've discussed that. It's in the report. Um, because this was just inappropriate. It was politically wrong. It would create ethnic tensions. It would create problems with community relations. And the police actually said, uh, one of the constables said that this is an education issue. They simply don't know that it's wrong. And when you have actually the police saying this, they don't know that it's wrong, first of all, the police is basically announcing they're not going to enforce this. And second of all, they're saying this problem is so widespread that we can't even begin to tackle this, which is um, off the charts horrifying. Well, if uh, that would be seem like an invitation to anybody who wants to start a religion, that uh, one of the pr- uh, uh, precepts would be that rape is okay, and uh, you raise a bunch of and you just you just use that as an excuse. Anybody could say, "Well, I didn't. Nobody told me that." You mean rape's not okay? Nobody told me that. Yeah, you've had this defense in a number of cases involving Muslims, not just in the UK but in Australia and Canada, where they've said that we actually. From our point of view, from our values, we did not know this was wrong. In our countries, it's not wrong. And, you know, they do have a point because in their countries, it's not very wrong. And this is, a, is this a religious um, reason for allowing it? I mean, is it, is, it, is it the religion that allows them or is it just the culture in those countries? Is it a, is it a Muslim thing? Um, both things. It's also the law in many cases, which is based on Islamic religious values. So, first of all, when it comes to child abuse, uh, Muhammad, who's the prophet of Islam, uh, married Aisha when she was seven or nine. So the idea that having um, intercourse with little girls is wrong is just not an idea that exists. And when you look at countries like Pakistan, they have child marriage rates that are huge, and we are talking about child marriage. It's something like a fifth of the marriages there are actually with underage girls. So there's no sense that this is even a problem. And the entire idea that it's actually that you need a woman's consent to actually do anything with her is also a foreign one. The idea is you need the consent of her father, of her brothers, of her male guardian. If she's on her own, if she's unaccompanied, she's considered fair game. You know, I saw, I'm just thinking as you're saying that, I saw a video on Twitter yesterday. I don't know how how widespread it is, how viral it went or has been, but it's... uh, Two, it's two Muslim women. They're wearing what appear, I guess, would be burqas. Uh, they're covered completely, and they're kneeling, and they are being beaten by their husbands with giant straps. Um, be- uh, look, look, look like uh, switches, straps, something that looked like it would hurt a lot if they hit you with it. And it went on for three or four minutes, just them being beaten. The crime was going out without uh, going out uh, alone, without be a male accompaniment, and that's the kind of things that. So, if you go to if if I'm a Pakistani Muslim, and I'm in the UK, can I beat my wife and then just say, well, hey, well, you know, that's what we do over in Pakistan. Uh, it is in the Quran. The Quran does command Muslim men to beat their wives, so they can say that this is our religious belief. That's a the religion of peace. So. Um, so the, the the political correctness is to the point where uh, people would actually allow girls to be raped. Uh, they prefer that to offending someone by saying that maybe this precept of your religion that allows you to rape girls, it might not be a really good idea, especially here where, you know, we live. They They prefer rape to that. 
They do, and for that matter, even saying what you said would actually be potentially illegal in the UK. Our entire conversation could potentially land one of us in jail if we were in the UK. Well, wait a minute. For for talking about the fact that that it's being done uh, mostly by Pakistani Muslims, you mean? It's considered hate speech. People have gone to jail for that. Oh boy. So okay, that brings me to another thing. Now uh, this is we're talking about immigration, and this is a relatively new problem in the UK. I'm guessing. It is a new problem, but immigration, mass immigration from Muslim countries has created a number of problems, like acid attacks. The U.K. now has some of the largest amount of acid attacks in the world, which is when you actually throw acid in somebody's face. That's not a problem that exists in the U.K. before this, but it's a very common problem in places like Pakistan, Bangladesh, and so on. We're talking to David Greenfield. He's an investigative reporter, uh, does a lot of reporting on uh, extreme uh, Muslim religion. Um, and he's also, uh, he's from frontpagemag.com. Um, again, I, I'm, I'm trying to get my head around this. Uh, if, if, you're in, if, if you are in a country where this is happening, um, how did it get to the point where someone in government wouldn't make the suggestion that, you know, maybe we ought to see, some, see what we can do about, you know, reducing the number of these people who come into our country because they're raping our girls. Uh, or, or on their way into the country, maybe you explain to them, I know that this is okay where you come from, but if you're coming here, you can't do that. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's that complicated. Uh, some European countries have tried this kind of education program. There was a brief Sweden had these leaflets that they were handing out, showing a woman in a swimsuit and uh, a man touching her, and uh, there was a sign saying, you can't do that here, and they've tried to have this education stuff uh, near swimming pools because there have been um, sexual assaults by some of these Muslim refugees who have come into Europe um, when they go to swimming pool and they see women there in bikinis, and they think, okay, fair game. But, you know, I mean, you can't educate somebody out of behaving like that. That's not a problem that you can solve with education. And we're talking to Daniel Greenfield. I think I said David. Sorry about that, Daniel. Um, I, and again, though, at, at what point do the citizens um, rise up against this? So the citizens are. That's why there's a rise. I mean, that's why one of the reasons you've got Brexit going on in the U.K., uh, because the British people actually want to be able to set their own immigration rules, which they can't when they're in the European Union. Uh, there's a rise of conservative parties in Europe in general. But as mentioned, first of all, there's a lot of problem even discussing this. Um, the media is much more censored in Europe than it is in America. Um, very often, for example, here you arrest somebody, you actually find out their name. In Europe, they will, you will very often not even be able to find out the name of a perpetrator. You certainly won't be able to find out their religious, their political status. So even getting this information out, it's like in North Korea. You have to very slowly work to expose this to people because otherwise people just don't know. Now, are these uh, how um, are, th are there ghettos of, of, of these uh, Pakistani men, or are they like evenly dispersed around the country or uh, the city gone, anyway? Yeah, I mean, just like in the U.S., they've gone into a lot of rust belt areas, places like Manchester. They used to be industrial working class, and they kind of set up shop there. Um, meanwhile, the local population is in many cases out of work, and they run. Um, low-end businesses, things like taxis, things like uh, kebab shops. And in the process, um, uh, they're taking advantage of these girls who are coming from broken homes because you've got drug abuse in these areas, you've got a lot of single parents, and at the same time, for them, this is uh, paradise. Yeah, so uh, I only have a minute left here, Daniel, and um, I'm, I'm just wondering, uh, you mentioned this, that, that we'd be in trouble for talking about this. If you were a, a citizen of the U.K., and I only have a minute left here against a hard break, but if you were a citizen of the U.K., what would be the repercussions of you having written this story? I could potentially go to jail. Uh, there have been people who have been locked up, like Tommy Robinson, for even actually revealing the identities of some of the abusers. And so you, you, would, be, you would need to be in hiding after you wrote this, basically. But most Americans don't understand that outside the United States there really is no such thing as free speech the way we have it. Wow. Hey, David. Or, I'm sorry, Daniel. I really appreciate you being here. Daniel Greenfield, uh, frontpagemag.com. You can find his story there. Unbelievable story. Thanks, Daniel. Thank you. Okay. And we'll be right back. Or we're going to be right back in a few minutes. But we're going to talk a little bit about abortion when we come back and the March for Life and the fact that Donald Trump showed up and uh, two of the three major cable networks, news networks, didn't cover it. Which two do you think that would be?
With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Trump made pro-life history this year, becoming the first sitting president to attend in person the March for Life rally. He reminded the tens of thousands of pro-life Americans gathered on the National Mall that he's been standing with them since his first day in office. House impeachment managers are wrapping up their final day of arguments in the Senate impeachment trial of President Trump. Today's session devoted to Article 2, claiming the president obstructed Congress by refusing to allow some members of his administration to testify and refusing to hand over certain documents. On Wall Street, stocks are closing with broad losses as increased fears that an outbreak of a deadly Chinese virus could spread globally. The Dow today fell 170 points. The Nasdaq was off 87 and the S&P down 30. This is SRN News. It was my first time meeting Jesus in the Bible. That's what one student is saying after studying Bibliology through the Tony Evans Training Center. Taught by renowned theologian, Dr. Tony Evans, these online courses feature compelling and exclusive video and audio teaching, plus an interactive scripture-based curriculum you can access online or through the mobile app. Sign up now at TonyEvansTraining.org. Take a course with Dr. Evans and explore the kingdom anytime, anywhere. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. And basic motorcycle policies start at just $75 a year. I know, right? Do you think I say I know right too often? I do. I know, right? I have to stop, don't I? I know, And this right? is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. I know. Even our commercials are better on a bike. Progressive keeps you on yours. Get a quote in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Dr. Sebastian Gorka doesn't understand why we're having a trial. How can you have a trial if there's no crime you can point to that has been the basis of the charge? That there is no crime. Yeah. So, and and this, um, this yeah. is this is why the GOP should should not have allowed the trial to happen. America first with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at three, right before John Steigerwald at five on AM twelve fifty. The answer. When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? Amid the chaos? Or is the best time perhaps today? Go to ready.gov slash communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. When you've got water, fire, or smoke damage, there's no debate. You have to vote yellow. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Our team is ready to help 24 hours a day. The man, the yellow van. Call Service Master. This election year, you can vote red or you can vote blue, but yellow is always the right choice. Demand the yellow van when you have water damage and call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. The man, the yellow van. Service master. Email phishing attacks cost businesses billions annually in real cash, data loss, and brand damage. Phishing emails are hard to detect because the messages appear to be legitimate to unsuspecting employees. Introducing Barracuda Fish Line, a groundbreaking cloud-based solution designed to help employees recognize sophisticated email phishing attacks through interactive training reinforced by continuous simulation. Transform your employees from a liability into a line of defense. Go to barracuda.com slash pl to learn more. AM 1250 and FM 92.5, The Answer. Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got The Answer. On outbound 28, disabled vehicle causing a jam up Pittsburgh Mills Boulevard near Crawford Run. Outbound Liberty Bridge still heavy, although an accident has been cleared. Fort Pitt Bridge also seeing some heavy volume. Parkway West inbound, lots of delays. Roslyn Farms Road all the way down to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Parkway East outbound, that's solid from Bates Street to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Inbound Edgewood, Swissvale to the Tunnel, 2nd Avenue through to the Fort Pitt Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. 
Tonight, rain. Areas of fog late, low 38. Tomorrow, cloudy with a rain or snow shower in spots, high 40. Overcast tomorrow night with a rain or snow shower, low 30. Sunday, cloudy and breezy with a few flurries, high Sunday, 37. Monday, cloudy with a flurry, high Monday, 37. Tuesday, cloudy, high 36. With your accurate forecast, I'm Brian May. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, we've had pro-life presidents, but we've never had one show up for the March for Life in Washington, D.C. until today. Uh, And keep in mind, while Donald Trump was giving this speech, both CNN and MSNBC were doing panel discussions on impeachment, Um, you know, because we haven't had enough of that. They didn't consider this a big story. Fox covered it live. During my first week in office, I reinstated and expanded the Mexico City policy, and we issued a landmark pro-life rule to govern the use of Title X taxpayer funding. I notified Congress that I would veto any legislation that weakens pro-life policies or that encourages the destruction of human life. At the United Nations, I made clear that global bureaucrats have no business attacking the sovereignty of nations that protect innocent life. Unborn children have never had a stronger defender in the White House. And uh, CNN actually did show up, or at least uh, covered it after the fact. I think they showed a soundbite or two from the speech, but they didn't cover it live. And then this is what their reporter, Kristen Holmes, had to say. Um, it's a little hard to hear in the beginning here because of the somebody on a, a, a PA system or loudspeaker kind of drowns her out. But listen to what she says. The Trump administration is not facing that same issue. And this is coming at a time when President Trump is trying to shore up his support among those evangelical voters. I know it seems like it was an eternity ago, but it was just last month that we saw that editorial that was published in an evangelical publication that called for President Trump's removal. And it really sent the White House into damage control mode. Uh, This is now being part of that damage control. We saw leaders, big name evangelicals coming out, uh, supporting President Trump. And the one other thing that I want to note here, uh, separately, is what you mentioned. This is all happening in the middle of this impeachment trial. And that, of course, is very obvious why President Trump would want to speak here today. There are tens of thousands of people chanting four more years. He's standing in front of them, giving this speech, saying nothing at all about impeachment at a time where something very the Trump administration is not... Yeah, so there you go. Uh, it's it's all about impeachment. Had to work that in. Uh, and not uh, no mention of the fact that it's kind of historical because uh, no president has ever shown up there and had the guts, by the way, to just blatantly say that he's um, blatantly uh, and strongly pro-life. Um, so the... the the, and that the magazine uh, story that she uh, spoke about, I, I forget the name of the magazine, but it was pretty much uh, debunked later on uh, and and pointed out that the magazine is just not, not that influential among evangelicals, and it wasn't a big deal at all that uh, it came out and said that Donald Trump should be removed. So we talk, uh, today's a good day to talk about abortion, I guess, and... Um, I'm not afraid to talk about it. That's that's one. That's a big thing for me. I, it's it's just uh, I can't believe that anybody's okay with it. But anyway, uh, we might have played this sound a year ago. The soundbite, maybe on the day of the March for Life last year. I don't know. But uh, this is something that should be heard by everybody who thinks abortion at any time is okay. This kind of takes the politics out of it. I think this was testimony in front of Congress. I think last year. The first witness is Doctor. Anthony Levitino. Dr. Levitino is a board-certified obstetrician gynecologist. Over the course of his career, Dr. Levitino has practiced obstetrics and gynecology in both private and university settings, including as an associate professor of OBGYN at the Albany Medical College. And Dr. Levitino, will begin with you. Welcome. Thank you, Chairman and members of the committee. Um, I only have five minutes, so I'm going to get right to it. Second trimester D&E abortions perform between roughly 14 and 24 weeks of gestation. Your patient today is 17 years old. She's 22 weeks pregnant. 
Her baby is the length of your hand plus a couple of inches. And she's been feeling her baby kick for the last several weeks. But she's asleep on an operating room table. You walk into that operating room scrubbed and gowned, and after removing laminaria, you introduce a suction catheter into the uterus. This is a 14 French suction catheter. If she were 12 weeks pregnant or less, basically the width of your hand is smaller, you could basically do the entire procedure with this. But babies this big don't fit through catheters this size. After suctioning the amniotic fluid out from around the baby, you introduce an instrument called a sofa clamp. It's about 13 inches long, it's made of stainless steel, the business end of this clamp is about two and a half inches long and a half inch wide. There are rows of sharp teeth. This is a grasping instrument. When it gets a hold of something, it does not let go. A DNA procedure is a blind abortion. So picture yourself introducing this and grabbing anything you can blindly and pull, and I do mean hard, and out pops a leg about that big, which you put down on the table next to you. Reach in again, pull again, pull out an arm about the same length, which you put down on the table next to you and use this instrument again and again to tear out the spine, the intestines, the heart and lungs. Head in the baby that size is about the size of a large plum. Can't see it, but you pretty good idea you've got it if you've got your instrument around something and your fingers are spread about as far as they go. You know you did it right if you crush down on the instrument and white material runs out of the cervix. That was the baby's brains. Then you could pull out skull pieces. And you have a day like I had a lot of times, sometimes a little face comes back and stares back at you. Congratulations, you just successfully performed a second trimester DNA abortion. You just affirmed her right to choose. One more question, Dr. Levitino. Why did you end your practice of doing abortions? I did over 1,200 abortions over a four-year period in private practice, not counting the ones that I did during my training. Um, I met my wife at, um, during my first year of training at Albany Medical Center. We got married about a year later and found that we had an infertility problem. After years of failed infertility treatment and several years trying to adopt a child, we were blessed with adopting a, a little girl that we named Heather in August of 1978. Um, as sometimes happens in those situations, my wife got pregnant the very next month, and we had two children 10 months apart. Um, two months short of my daughter Heather's sixth birthday, she was killed in an auto accident and literally died in her arms in the back of an ambulance. Anyone who has children might think they have some idea of what that feels like, but unless you've been through it yourself, you have no idea whatsoever. Um, I know people find it hard to believe, but uh, what do you do after disaster? You bury your child and then you go back to your life. And I don't remember exactly how long it was after my daughter died that I showed up at Albany Medical Center OR number 9 to perform my first second trimester DNA abortion. I wasn't thinking of it as anything special. This was routine to me. Um, but I reached in, literally pulled out an arm or leg, and got sick. You know, earlier on, I described stacking up body parts on the side of the table. It's not to, you know, gross people out, to use a simple term. When you do an, an abortion, you need to keep inventory. You have to make sure you get two arms and two legs and all the pieces. If you don't, your patient's going to come back infected, bleeding, or dead. Um, so I soldiered on and finished that abortion. And I know it sounds, as I said, hard for people to believe, but I'm, I'm telling you straight up my experience. You know, after over 1,200 abortions, first and second trimester, up to 24 weeks, and all the rest of it, and being very dedicated to it, for the first time in my life, I really looked. I really looked at that pile of body parts on the side of the table. And I didn't see her wonderful right to choose, and I didn't see all the money I just made. All I could see was somebody's son or daughter. And I stopped doing late-term abortions after that, and several months later stopped doing all abortions. So there you have it. Uh, if you want to see that video and maybe play it for someone else, uh, you just go on YouTube and uh, search uh, Abortion Doctor Tells Shocking Story back in, Fe I think it's February 2019. I think that's when it was from. Um, and... Uh, that uh, and uh, and when you see it, when he shows you the the, the tools that he uses, um, it, uh, it's even more effective. But again, I I don't you know you can talk about right to choose, but I mean what what else? I don't think I can add anything to what that guy just said. I'm trying to. It's a waste of time. You, you can't you can't. There's nothing better than you can say about it. So um, I, and a couple of quick things here. Um, the uh, I came across a survey. You know, up in Canada, it's. If you listen to the media up there, 
they'll say that the consensus is that um, a woman should be able to have an abortion at any time during the pregnancy, uh, no restrictions. But there's a recent survey that came out that said uh, it's 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 kind of evenly split now. Fifty-one percent of Canadians say women should have access to legal abortion at any time during a pregnancy, but forty-nine percent now say there should be a law prohibiting abortion during the third trimester of a pregnancy unless the health of the mother is in danger. And they um, uh, there's also a big difference in where you're talking to people. Uh, Canada has the, their west is kind of like our South. It's more conservative, probably more religious. Um, but a majority of people out there in Alberta, Saskatchewan, uh, Manitoba, and even on in Ontario uh, want restrictions on third trimester abortions. But the majority of people in British Columbia, which, is, which would be Vancouver, uh, the big city there, and Quebec, which would be Montreal and Quebec City, no restrictions at all. But uh, even in Canada, they're starting to wake up. And the more technology... Uh, comes a, uh, more technology shows exactly what happens, and the more technology uh, displays an ability to keep the, uh, the to to make the baby v- uh, viable er- uh, earlier in the pregnancy. Uh, it's going to be a lot tougher for abortion um, fanatics, and there are a lot of those out there. But abortion supporters to support it. Uh, we're going to come back and talk about something a little bit, not nearly as bad as this, and. Uh, um, but it's it's a Friday, so we're going to talk about some stupidity. Stay where you are. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRSPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roof siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention Stag for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. Just because it's cold outside, it doesn't mean you need to stop grilling, not if you've got the right grill, and that would be a Solaire infrared grill. Solaire infrared grills perform equally well in the cold of winter as in the heat of summer. Just like you feel warm from the sun when you step out of the shadows, the Solaire infrared burners heat your food directly, not the air around the food like conventional grills do. The intense heat also results in the juiciest food you will ever taste from a grill, gas, charcoal, or otherwise. To get the great taste, it's all about the heat. And Solaire Infrared from BestHotGrill.com gets hotter than anything you've ever experienced. Try it yourself with the Solaire Demo Program. Solaire is truly the last grill you'll ever buy. Learn more about these amazing USA-made grills at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. BestHotGrill.com. She's such a beautiful little puppy. I mean, we walk around the block and neighbors always say, her hair is so beautiful. Healthy and shiny and glossy. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Fatty acids, omega-3s, and omega-6s are great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. I would really recommend people starting their puppies on Dynavite before they get into what I would call the misery index. Bad skin, bad ears, bad breath. Because if they're getting all their vitamins, micronutrients, microbials from the beginning, then you're not going to run into the problems associated with the allergies, grass, pollen, dust, dirt, fleas, ticks, you name it, and the itching and shedding down the road. Our vitamins and enzymes replace the nutrients cooked out of most commercial dog foods. Dynavite for life. This is Ed Lukasevic. And Cindy Lukasevic. Inviting you and your pets to Dynavite. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com. 
You can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 400,000 businesses. And right now, listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash America. One more time. To try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. So, we have a few minutes left, about five minutes or so. Um, and um, it's Friday, and we, we're not the least bit shy about talking about stupidity here. Um, and there, uh, some of it, it's pretty, the, some of the stupidity that we see comes from consistent um, places. Um, the same, same, seems like the same places all the time. Uh, college campuses. That's where I don't know why it's supposed to be where, you know, there are institutions of higher learning. Um, the, and, and, it's, and a lot of it is the same stuff, but it never gets old for me because of, stu- of the stupidity of it. But just imagine, uh, and I like to put, put it this way, let's just imagine that you uh, had been in a coma. I don't know. You're a guy. You've been in a coma for, uh, we don't have to go back that far, five years you've been in a, a coma, maybe even less than that. And you wake up today and you you're normal and uh, you're in the hospital and uh, or, you know, you go home and uh, you go you out somewhere to eat to a restaurant or I don't know. You go to a college campus and you walk in. You, you need to take a trip to the men's room to do what you do in a men's room. And you walk in and you see uh, feminine <laughs> hygiene products for sale or available there and vending machines or however they dispense them. I don't know. I wouldn't know. But um, that's what you see in the men's room. Well, Oregon State University, uh, you, you would think when you walked in the ladies' room, whoa, whoa, my God, I, you know, you turn around and go, oh, oh, hope nobody saw me, I'm in the wrong room. And then you'd realize that you were in the men's room, and they do have feminine hygiene products there. Uh, and if you did that, you might be at U- uh, Oregon State University, uh, and it's uh, with the increasing number of homelessness and poverty in Corvallis, we will be able to alleviate student budgets, uh, de- alleviate students' budget, they don't know how to write, whoever wrote this, to other things such as food, groceries, books, gas, etc. This is coming from Associated uh, Students of Oregon State University Queer Affairs Coordinator Julian Chu. And she she's at Oregon State. She ought to worry more about learning how to write than than uh, where they're putting the machines. This is what it says. With the increasing numbers of homelessness and poverty in Corvallis, that's Oregon, uh, this will be this will be able to alleviate students' budgets to other things. You don't alleviate things to other things. It's a just it's a wrong word, you know. Allocate maybe. Uh, to other things such as food, groceries, book, gas, rent, etc. We are adding these resources to all bathrooms as not all students who menstruate are female identified. Again, we're back to men menstruate now. Some might identify as LBGTQIA+. I don't, uh, there's, they're adding, they keep adding letter, letters all the time. Uh, male, other, etc. Those students may not be comfortable entering a specific bathroom if we provided these resources only in a specific bathroom and would exclude them from receiving these resources. Uh, first step for the feminine hygiene products, the bathrooms at the Memorial Union and Student Experience Center. This is according to the Daily Barometer. That's a uh, campus newspaper there. The initiative was proposed by ASOSU, the leader of the initiative was the women's woman. Oh, wait a minute. It's spelled. Sorry. Uh, I think you're still supposed to pronounce it women's, but it's W-O-M-X-N apostrophe S. The Women's Affairs Coordinator at ASOSU, Eve Selby. However, due to other priorities, Selby was unable to continue leading the initiative. The initiative is now being led by Chu, the girl, the woman who can't write. Kylie Bonish, vice president of ASOSU, said, 
As someone who menstruates, having access to free products for a normal bodily function will alleviate stress in situations where I may not have a certain product on me and am in need. Products for other normal bodily functions are free in our everyday life, such as toilet paper, tissues, etc. Access to products is not a privilege, it's a right. So, so tampons are now, get Bernie Sanders, a human right, okay? Uh, Chu ch- chimed in. The MU and SEC were the first ones to start this. I don't know what those. I don't know. Is that the Southeast Conference? I don't know what they are. The MU. Uh, anyway, we're the first ones to start this, and we hope for the other buildings as well to find a way to provide these services for free, as some locations have limited budgets to do it. I don't, I don't think anybody has a problem with them being free. There might be some people who are on a college campus who are over the age of you know twelve who might be wondering if it makes sense to have um, female hygiene products in the men's room. It's just, it just, I don't know. It just, it seems like something you wouldn't have to explain to anybody. But apparently, if, and again, as uh, if you're listening to our last guest, if we talked about this on the radio in the UK, we'd be going to jail for making fun of it. Uh, and it is insanity, by the way. This other, this person, Chu, concluded, what we hope to achieve in regards to, and that's incorrect, it's in regard to applying it to all buildings and having the end goal be where OSU pays for these products. Otherwise, students will be paying for these menstrual products. So it's all, I don't care about them. You know, it's free. Uh, but it's stupid, okay? Uh, and they don't need to be in the men's room. How much time I got left? I only have a minute left, and uh, the Super Bowl is until, uh, until a week from Sunday. But uh, Richard Sherman, the corner uh, cornerback for the 49ers, uh, the headline here at the uh, Daily Wire is, I doubt I'll, I'll visit the White House if we win the Super Bowl. So we're starting that up again. They haven't, first of all, try winning it first before you even talk about it. Um, it's probably a good idea. I remember when the Penguins played the uh, Minnesota North Stars back in 1991 for the Stanley Cup Final. The players were quoted in the paper talking about getting their getting fitted for their rings because they were up, I think they were up two games to one in the series, and they never won another game. So it might be a good idea to not talk about it yet. But uh, and then here's another idea for Donald Trump and for the next I don't know thirty or forty presidents before so that, until this kind of clears up. How about no more um, celebrations, no honoring of any teams for any sport, any time. In the White House, ever. Maybe not ever again, but let's put a 50-year moratorium on it. That might work. And I'm really going to be concerned next week about whether Richard Sherman shows up. I'm going to be worried now all week. I'll talk to you Monday. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.